So I have a question. We haven't gotten to the bottom of what Steph's favorite cartoon was yet. <laughs> like John. My favorite cartoon as a kid? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I must say that I was rather partial to Mighty Mouse. Oh, I love Mighty Mouse. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, I was fairly keen on the mouse. Um, and uh, what else did I like? I, I was a big fan of Superman, the original, like the very first one that came out. Oh, uh, I thought that was really great. The George Reeves. No, no, I sorry, the not George the TV Reeves. series. The, um, oh. uh, no, I, I, I thought that was a little cheesy, but uh, the, the Christopher Reeve one. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that. the first movie. You mean the movie? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not exactly a cartoon, but a cartoon character. Um, I wasn't such a big fan of Bugs Bunny. I thought he was a little snarky. Um, but I quite like Sylv- I quite liked um, Daffy Duck. Oh yeah. Uh, I identified. Um, I felt like I had birds and stars floating around my head quite a bit too. So <laughs> it was actually quite nice. It's, I, all I remember is him being disoriented after being hit by a saucepan, which is a good deal of my childhood. So I mean, not the being hit by the saucepan, but being disoriented. So I thought it was actually pretty uh, pretty funny. Um, never a big fan like, of the Wiley Coyote. Wiley Coyote just struck me as um, uh, as a complete existential nightmare. You know, like the myth of Sisyphus that you're oh yeah, you're was... stuck rolling the hill. You're stuck rolling the uh, rock up the hill every single day for the rest of your life, or like every time your liver grows back, the vultures come and peck it out again. It just seemed like what a Sisyphean nightmare. <laughs> of course, I was a pretty precocious kid, but. Uh, that just kind of got on my nerves a little bit because it was just the same damn day over and well, over again. Well, were you that? I mean, were you that conscious of it that way? I mean, I, I to me, I just found it really annoying and frustrating, and I couldn't, I couldn't stand watching it. But I mean, like, what kid, what kid, what kid says, "Wow, this reminds me way too much of Sisyphus." I'm not watching. This. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, people who end up running philosophy shows. I don't know. What can I say? <laughs> No, I didn't sit there as a kid and say, oh, this reminds me, ew, this is very much like Satra as I sit back and enjoy my cognac and have That's right. Hey, mate, could you please change the channel? This is far too Satarian for me. No, but, but, but you just, you just kind of got the, the idea. And, and, and also, I couldn't figure out, like, the, the, the bird, there was, no, there was no meat on him. Like what? What's it going to be like? It's like eating a toothpick with a with a feather on top. So it's like, well, is there nothing else to eat? Is there like, why not go someplace? Else? You know, I just it never. I never got the whole chase and and thing, right? It seemed like a but lot what? of the uh, the Looney Tunes uh, cartoons were that way, like Tweety and Sylvester and um, and Tom, Tom and Jerry. Jerry. And I I think it it might have to do with uh, the. The, the kind of um, I guess bigger kind of maybe maybe adult of the of the pair um, constantly hurting itself trying to hurt the the small thing which might be the child I don't know it was something that I've thought yeah, about yeah no I, I think that's right it's something my therapist said uh, once which I thought was just great uh, she said that um, that the uh, the sa- this sadist and in, in a sadomasochistic relationship the the masochist always wins. Right. And, and uh, mm-hmm. I always thought that was a very clever thing to say. And I think that is sort of like the, the, the parents chasing the children and the, the children always win as children do. Right. So often. Right. So 
I thought that was uh, yeah the Tom and Jerry stuff I never quite got it that was just a bit too violent for me um, and uh, and I also you know you're always kind of concerned about why the adults in the house are letting all of this stuff you know go on uh, you just get a mousetrap or, or whatever right but um, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of the other ones other ones that I watched I like the Looney Tunes Hour I thought they were okay um, I never quite got the Elmer Fudd uh, I, I always feel that people who can't string three words together coherently probably shouldn't be armed. So I just never... <laughs> well, you've just described about two-thirds of the South here. So. Right. <laughs> right. Right. That's why you'll notice that if, if you look really carefully at the New Hampshire video, I actually don't pick on anyone who's packing. Uh, and I think that is a really good argument for, you know, why to pack. Uh, but... Um, uh, so I, I just thought he was a bit a bit weird. I thought the Mar- Marvin the Martian was great uh, because I really like that kind of repressed explosion thing, you know. <laughs> You're making me very angry, you know. Just this really repressed and then kaboom. I thought that was uh, that was quite fun. And I'm really dating myself here. What, anything newer? And they, these guys and these shows were old even when I was a kid, right? So they've been oh, yeah. around forever. Those things came out like in the 40s. Yeah, yeah, some of them. Uh, Popeye, I never quite got, although I thought the technology in some of the really early Popeye cartoons was fantastic. They'd be walking down these streets, and these streets would look really kind of photorealistic behind them. I thought that was really cool. But Popeye was just retarded. You know, it's just like, yeah, 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 okay, so you're getting beat up, and you've got this spinach, and blah, blah, blah. They could, so that, that's grindingly predictable, even for a little kid. Yeah. Right. And your friend likes the hamburgers. and <laughs> Yeah, Wimpy. Wimpy likes the hamburgers, and there's Bluto and olive oil. Uh, and so on. And again, all of, to me, olive oil was sort of like Wiley e. Coyote and uh, the Roadrunner. It's like, why are you chasing something so skinny, man? <laughs> I mean, it's like no, you know, <laughs> not going to be of much use to you no matter what you want to do, right? Unless you want to fish some keys out of a sewage grate or something, she's not going to do you much good, right? <laughs> Which I think she actually did on a couple occasions. Oh, did she? I can see that, yeah. I can see that. And 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 uh, Popeye is just kind of you know like I, he just struck me as a real lower class brute like the Stanley Kowalski of the uh, uh, again this is not something I thought of as a kid this is just sort of the memories that I have. I just sort of sit there, put down my absinthe, and say, "Oh yes, this is very Tennessee Williams, very very." Right. <laughs> Needless to say, uh, not many people wanted to watch cartoons with me. <laughs> Back of state? What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> uh, why? What did other people come up with? Uh, these, oh, just these, old these, stuff. These these guys are way ahead of us, Steph. There. Yeah. <laughs> they're 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 ahead. In, they're into Power Rangers land. I I completely zoned out. <laughs> oh, Power Rangers. Um, the turtles. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Explain to me. Explain to me, if you will, the turtles and what they have to do with Ren. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I never what got it. What is there to explain? They were there to explain. It's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> I think I was even <laughs> in high school around that time. They're teenage. They're mutants, and they're turtles. And they're ninjas. <laughs> Don't forget the ninjas. But, but is it, is it that they themselves are teenagers? These turtles. Yes, yes. Yes, actually, yeah, but, they but are. Here's what I never understood about that is that turtles live for like 400 years, right? <laughs> <laughs> so are they, are they teenagers like teenage turtles, in which case they'd be like three? Or are they teenagers like humans, in which case they're older than I am and shouldn't they're be eating all that pers- pizza? Well, actually, the, <laughs> they're like humans, the canon they're story. Like mutated between 
humanoid turtles. The, the 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 canon story is like, if I remember correctly, there were like four baby turtles, you know, when they were mutated, and I don't know what happened after that. But I I, I can't. Contact the ooze. <laughs> well, this mutated large rat is actually their sensei, and they train he trains him in ninja skills. That explains everything. <laughs> that, that, right, because that, if there's any species you'd want to uh, to to display your amazing ninja skills, it would be <laughs> turtles, right? <laughs> because they're encased in a shell and they have tiny legs. That, that can barely what move. Better? Right? Because as far as I understand it, being a ninja, it's all about being quiet and flexible and limber and being able to like do dive rolls through windows. And basically what you're doing is just throwing big plates at people. And, and they're that good. They they're are that, that good. good. They're that good, right. Right, right. It would be like me taking a chimpanzee and making, making it able to argue UPB, right? It'd be like, that's how good I am. I'm going to take the least possible... Uh, uh, actually, no, it'd be more like me doing it with a soap dish or something, right? Because I just think it's going to... you pick an orangutan or something that's really going to be light and cool and use thumbs. Why would you pick turtles? It just makes no sense. Because turtles are the, cool. That's wasn't it like a, a couple of college kids that came up with it or something? Yeah, they drew turtles and they drew... They drew turtles, they drew like... Uh, weapons attached to their arms, and that's how they came up with it, or something like that. Yeah, it was a really, you know, one of those things where college kids do something and they don't know, and it gets out of hand, and then you know, next thing you know, they're they're making cartoons. They're all, making that's not usually how it goes, is it? That's not usually how it goes, is it? Yeah. So what you're <laughs> like saying is that uh, is that turtles with weapons went viral, but philosophy and virtue <laughs> don't. This is. Yeah. What we're trying to get out of this conversation, and, and we're trying to educate this, this planet, right? <laughs> That's good. I'm just going to put my head down for a while. Please continue. <laughs> you just need to know how to. You just need to figure out how to integrate the turtle and the mutation and the ninja into the philosophy. Well, maybe we should just make a cartoon. That's what I was saying. I, you need to teach this to one of the you know the cute um, teenage girls on YouTube. Teach all this stuff to them. Hey, are we, are we her... running from the server here? I, I'm getting terrible audio out of people. Is that true for others? Mm. Hang on. Yeah, a bit. It's coming and going. We're running through. Yeah, let's actually. run it from the server maybe because uh, I'm just – I'd like to – you know, it's tough to get the old patter-patter going when it's like, huh, what, what, eh, what? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm sorry, Steph. You're cutting out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe come over there. I've got a turtle. <laughs> and uh, has anyone seen any good films lately? I saw a um, lackluster one. I don't know if we want to talk about that. Why not? Uh, let's see. The most recent one I saw in the theater was Monsters and Aliens. Monster oh, I love that one. That was why, is that Why like, do you guys go? Oh, see that's those like movies? is that like libertarians trying to drive out immigrants? anyway sorry go on very polite laugh i love that some 3d you should do a spoof spoof review of that with talking about the immigration thing right build a wall man build a wall grow a fucking handlebar mustache and go out in your truck sorry (laughs) 
<laughs> well, you can do go out a truck, build a grow your mustache, go out in the truck, and they won't they won't come. Right, right, right. Uh, and so, monstrous. It's, it's a three D animated film, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's an animation animated film. Uh, I I didn't see a three D, but yeah, I saw yeah, it in three. I I appreciate the, uh, the 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 technology and the skill that goes into making those, but I I just don't get the the attraction to those kinds of movies. There's there's nothing to get. Sorry, it's what, just, what kind of movies? It's entertaining. Do you mean like you mean animated films? Yeah, like The Incredibles or um, this new one with the dog. I, I forget what that was called, but. Uh... I, I quite like uh, The Incredibles the... just because of that. And I used to imitate this person with Christina until uh, – with this uh, character with Christina until she just told me to stop, uh, which was that <laughs> – you know that, that if you've seen The Incredibles, there's that little short designer, darling. <laughs> that, <laughs> oh, man, that was a great character. The rest of the film was kind of not that. But she was just – the way she tootled around, darling. I used to you know, that would be my, my voice for the day until Christina developed a patient speech because I'm all about moderation. So, <laughs> right. oh, with the with the um, with 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 the Ayn Rand uh, cigarette holder. Yeah, in that's that's the I, one. I, that's the one. You know it. Yeah, she was great. Yeah, she was great. Um, but and I I thought uh, Finding Nemo was pretty good. Yeah, I love that one too. We also oh, did. Yeah, um, like why? Oh, why did you guys like it? I liked it because uh, it was a great excuse when uh, Christina would take something that I wanted. Uh, for me to just start going, mine, 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 <laughs> until, again, develop the aforementioned facial tick. Actually, it's pretty much permanent now, and I'm on Isabella's. It's coming nicely. What, mine, mine, or just mine, 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 mine? Oh, oh, she'll get that by herself. Oh, you, I do that when she's breastfeeding, too. Mine, mine? I'm oh, just kidding. <laughs> Ash would like a recall? I'm sorry? Ash would like the recall. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, uh. Returned. There was one movie recently that I really laughed at a lot, and I don't remember which one it was. Oh, oh, the you. um, oh yeah, 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 I love you, man. That one. That's so funny. I love that. That was so funny, and I can totally relate to that right now because I'm like, okay, how do I find local guy friends? <laughs> you know, like how do I make friends with guys? Do I ask them out on it? You know, the, the, all the ways he, he was trying to go about finding this. Uh, a bet, you know, a guy friend to be his best man. It was just, it was just like I thought of all those things, you know. Oh, I can't believe it's been like over a year since the last uh, shits and giggles call. Remember the one where you just, <laughs> you the first, the first line of it is, you know, what films really suck from you, Steph. Yeah, I like the the best joke from that one was uh, the one about how to the audiobook on how to pick up women. It's like, if you know how to right. load this audiobook onto your iPod, you will never meet a woman. I thought that was funny. <laughs> that oh, I, I actually sometimes grab that podcast and re-listen to it if I need a good laugh. <laughs> it was pretty funny. But yeah, I'm, I'm uh, particularly fond of the bit in that, uh, in that podcast where you're talking about how you read in an article that to pick up a woman, you need to do sexy things to yourself. So you licked your lips and rubbed your thighs. Yeah. I thought that bit was just that was, hilarious. That was classy, let me tell you. <laughs> you know, if I'd been wearing corduroy pants, I probably would have ended up with burns. When I was, uh, I guess, uh, switching places, 19 or so, uh, I, when I was working up north, I, I would, uh, we would sort of work in the bush for a while and then we'd work in town. 
and uh, we'd so we'd spend like a couple of weeks in the bush getting the samples that we go into town to pan them, print down, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I was living with this woman who was uh, a geologist and a nice enough woman, but we really didn't have that much in common. And so I was sort of, and I was. This was in Thunder Bay, which is a town of about a hundred thousand people in northern Ontario. So it's not small, but you know, not a certainly one of the biggest towns I was ever in up there. And I was kind of hungry for some guy friends, right? Because, you know, it's like me and this very, very small <laughs> uh, uh, oriental woman uh, who, you know, really didn't say very much. And so I was kind of hungry for some guy friends. So I was, I was at the gym and uh, I was uh, in the – after I worked out, I went to the steam room. And, you know, you always see these movies where guys are chatting in the steam room. Well, uh, don't be fooled, right? It really doesn't happen in real life. Um <laughs> So I did just start chatting uh, with a guy and I said, uh, you know, ba basically because I just don't know how to pick up guys. Maybe, you know, maybe we could go out sometime. Right. <laughs> so I chatted with this guy, right? We were chatting about something. This seemed nice, right? And uh, anyway, so he, he looked at me for a moment and he said, you know, I, I have a girlfriend, right? <laughs> and I said, and and I'm not proud of it, and in hindsight, and it only took me about 10 seconds to realize how inappropriate it was to say this, but after he said I had a girlfriend, I said, well, maybe she could join us. <laughs> the moment would only have been better if I'd accidentally dropped my towel at that time, but... Uh, it, that's <laughs> It is hard to meet uh, to meet people when you're not, uh, you know, in school or at work or something, right? So as I was just working uh, in in uh, in a, a little sort of shed and and just, you know, and so going to meet people was was really tough. And uh, uh, but but that really wasn't the way to do it, I think. <laughs> so don't go to saunas. Got it. <laughs> right. How about Japanese bathhouses? <laughs> Well, the sauna is tough, too, because if you really like I was so hungry for conversation with, you know, dudes or whatever, that I actually go into the sauna. I tried chatting up guys. And if I got into a good conversation, I'd be so desperate. I actually wouldn't want to leave. I must have lost like 20 pounds over two weeks just being in there, sweating it all out. <laughs> oh, you leaving? OK, I'll wait for someone else. <laughs> And, and it basically became semi-aquatic because I was inhaling so much steam, I started to develop gills. <laughs> I saw uh, a Paul Rudd, I think this was the last film we saw in the theater before Isabella came along. It was another Paul Rudd film um, with a, a little black kid who was really funny. And this was just a couple of, I guess, just a couple of months ago. Um about the, the the Dungeons and Dragons kid. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, kid. they ended they up the with playing they were... Kiss. Uh, they would they, they they did live um, live Dungeons and Dragons in the film. Uh, you know what? Role models. Not, sorry. Role models. Yes, that's the one. I thought that was pretty funny. You did. I did. I did. I thought that was pretty I funny. Didn't... I didn't see it with the expectation that it wouldn't be funny. No, I, is that I the one where they? Oh, that's the guy from that one from the, the from that action flick with the the wrestler dude. 
Oh, the you rock. know what? Maybe the old people should just stop ramblingly saying things. Oh, you know, the guy with the hair and the eyeball and the, you know, the like, <laughs> guy with the film with the celluloid. I think it was black and white. I remember eating jujubes. <laughs> was that the one where they, there was the bit where the, uh, the person said, you know, if you treat your child like this, he will grow up hating you. And like you said, there was the audible hush in the theater. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I saw this in Desperate Housewives just the other night because <clears throat> Isabella likes it. And uh, it's... Uh, <laughs> It, uh, they, they said uh, the, one of the characters is dead, and, and they go and tell his, her son, uh, and, uh, and the son is like, I don't really care because she didn't raise me. She dumped me with my dad and basically took off. And one of the characters said, no, 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 but you see, when mothers treat you badly as children, we rely on you. We absolutely rely on you to forgive us when you grow up. That's how it works. Oh, oh my god. Oh, nice. Wow. Nice. Wow. Nice. But this is what people genuinely think, right? Well, you have to forgive us. She's your mother. But um but the, yeah, I thought that film was uh, was pretty funny and I, I I don't know much about the live Dungeons and Dragons. A friend of mine did it a couple of times, but uh it does seem like a pretty interesting interesting time uh, and perhaps a pretty interesting group of people who do it. Have you guys ever ever done it live Dungeons? Is that is that LARP? Live action role play? Yes. Oh, that okay. like, uh, oh, do you like yeah. dress up or? I actually once, uh, when I was, uh, I think it was fifteen or sixteen, a friend of my brother Tom's. Um, well, the way it worked out was, uh, he and I got these anonymous letters in the mail. Of course, this was before the I- internet, right? So, we get these uh, anonymous letters in the mail that say, "Show up at uh, McDonald's Woods at this time," and. Uh, um, uh, on this day, and um, you'll find clues there, right? And uh, my parents were totally freaked out by it. Of course, uh, he he was supposed to call my parents before he sent the letters, but sorry, who was supposed to? <laughs> uh, this friend of my brother's um, actually set something up that was sort of a um, like a like a surprise party type thing that turned out to be a little, like a an entire weekend. Uh, live action role play. Wow! And we went into the woods and and did the whole nine yards, right? Like he had taken and he had taken a D and D module from the old um, uh, great Greyhawk. You familiar with that? Uh, yeah, I'm afraid so. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> what am I gonna say? No. <laughs> <laughs> He'd taken the Greyhawk module and basically laid out a. Uh, because um, the, these woods were large enough that you could actually do that. You could um, map out a section of it and sort of emulate the map in, in, the, in the module. And so we did an entire campaign in the woods over a weekend. It was pretty cool. And it ended on Sunday, basically back at his house partying for his birthday. Wow, very cool. And, and how, did you, how was, did you play, though? How did you have dice with you? I mean... Was there a guy in a Viking helmet pretending to be Minotaur? I mean, how how did that work? <laughs> um, well, it started out where we were basically just uh, um, playing by the seat of our pants, right? Just following the clues, but the clues basically led to instructions on how to actually, you know, it, it took us a couple of uh, clues to figure out we were actually in a D&D module, right? So. Nice. <laughs> But uh, which I thought was kind of cool because you know you actually get to act out the the whole process of finding clues and figuring out um, what the hell it is you're looking for and why you're looking for it and 
you know, and avoiding monsters and all that sort of thing. I think that uh, that's all. It's great until you you just you just don't want to end up in that creepy end dungeon, you know, with the sultry music and and slowly disrobe <laughs> written out in Elvish. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> different dungeons. Sorry, did this happen for you, uh, Steph? <laughs> Apparently, you're having very different birthday parties than I was. Having. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it was fun. It was a lot. Yeah, of but fun. how did you do the monstrous? I mean, how did that? How did that work? That's always been the part that's confused me. Because there was a film, apparently, with Tom Hanks called Mazes and Monsters. I actually read the book about some guy who got too into D and D and went nuts or whatever. Because of course, that was you know. Before they had FDR, remember, they were after Gary Gygax, right? So, yeah, so, yeah. I remember. I remember when Mazes and Monsters came out, and my parents used that as an excuse to not let us play for a while. And and, and so just before we get back to that, it's something that I've always noticed about about like nasty parents is they're incredibly concerned that other people might end up hurting their children. It's like, no, 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 that's our job. We don't know how. This is not to be outsourced, right? right? Uh, you know, if we're going to have our kids harmed, that's for us to do. And we're just going to get really angry if anyone else might have a chance of doing it. It just always struck me as kind of funny because my mother was like that, too. You know, Dungeons and Dragons might be bad for you. It's like compared to you, say? You? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Well, my own parents actually they took uh, our gerbs. Sorry, go ahead. They, 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 they kind of they, 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 they were OK with contractors occasionally. Right. No, right. Because the motto, the motto in our house was, uh, "If I find out a teacher spanked you, when you get home, I'm going to spank you too." Right. Right. Well, sure. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So. But so, yeah, there was this, and, and I, I could never quite understand uh, how how the monster thing worked with the live role play. Oh well, uh, he actually had a bunch of he recruited a bunch of friends. Um, the the idea was that some of us were supposed to be the adventurers and some of us were supposed to be the uh, NPCs and the and the monsters. And so, at various points where we were supposed to stop, they would come running out of the running out of a cave or out of the, out of the uh, uh, batch of trees or something and act as the monsters. And and then we would just sort of wrestle each other to the ground and, and whoever won, you know, that, that was sort of our substitute for dice was actually wrestling. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. You just don't want to come across Mickey Rourke's character in that game, right? It's pinned. We had a guy, um, actually, well, you met him, John, right? Uh, you, you met him, Greg. Uh, John uh, is a friend of mine and, and uh, not, yeah, not... I'm pretty sure I would lose to a wrestling match with him. Yeah. He's, um... <laughs> Uh, he's not the most thrilling. He's a smart guy. Not the most thrilling of personalities. And we had when we played Dungeons and Dragons, we had this thing where, you know, you 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 would rotate the dungeon masters, and uh, uh, and and how did that work? Well, no, sorry. Like everyone would do a campaign because everybody wanted to try being a dungeon master. The dungeon master oh, is the guy okay. who tells you what's going on in the world and runs the world, and you sort of interact with him. So not not like in the middle of a campaign. Oh no 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 no. Anyway, so um, okay. and you know my brother would be a dungeon master, and it, it would always be the same thing. It would just be endless impossible traps, you know, <laughs> you know, because you know if you ever want to know what someone's really like, let them create a dungeon for you, and yeah. and, and you will get a complete map of their psyche, right? <laughs> because it's uh, it's just fantastic. <laughs> And uh, John uh, wanted to be Dungeon Master. And again, he's not the most scintillating storyteller. Uh, and you kind of need a little bit of, 
you know, pizzazz to be a good dungeon master to build a sort of story. And oh yeah, John ended up buying a module, um, at a Hall of Giants or something like that. He ended up buying a module, and we we were just putting him off, right? Because we just knew this was going to be something we would have to grit our teeth and endure. You know, like some nineteen-hour <laughs> German film with no subtitles. You know, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> so we just you know we just try and put it off right and and then we had a guy who was a pretty good dungeon master and uh was just like come on man stretch it out a little more you know one more more session anyway so finally john got his his day and uh he bought this module this hall of giants thing and he hadn't realized that you were supposed to put the monsters in it right so it's just basically it was just a map with descriptions of rooms and he hadn't sort of realized right. that you, you had to you, put the monsters somewhere, right? You just des- you design the whole adventure. Now, I mean, there's there's random monster generation, but yeah, yeah. And, but he didn't. He never liked random monster generation because he felt it was kind of out of you know out of reality. Things popping in, just you know whatever, right? So, um, so basically, we went and played out of reality. Yeah, I know. I mean, compared to what? Right? <laughs> 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 Uh, still, for us, less out of reality than, say, women. But uh, we, we <laughs> so we went, and and he was the dungeon master, right? And we all just, we, I remember, we we sort of went over to his place, and we were all just like, oh man, you know, this is gonna be rough, you know, just just you know, just get through it as quickly as possible. And we kind of had this plan. We were just gonna, you know, like interrupt his explanation. Okay, we keep we keep going, you know, whatever, right? Because because John was the kind of guy, you know, like when you are a dungeon master, you have this, you tell people how to map stuff, right? And and you know, a, a guy who wants to stay sane will just give you corridors, right? But but John's map was like caverns, you know, and and they're all sort of squiggly. And stuff, and you can't put that on graph paper very easily. And so the first thing, half the evening, was just no, no, no. It's there's a little bit. It's out a little bit there. This cavern, you haven't got it quite right. <laughs> so, yeah. oh my god, <laughs> just going mad, right? And we, so we kept, we went to Hall of Giants. You know, we went into all of these rooms and so on. And he, John would sort of ploddingly, you know, you, you see a room and there's, a, you know, this and that and the other and and so on, right? Which was, you know, basically if you can imagine. I don't know, a really slowed down computer voice describing some action scene. That would sort of be John's way of reciting it. And we kept going and we kept going. And it's like, Jesus, there's no fights here because he hadn't put any monsters in. So basically we were just going from room to room or cavern to cavern, being annoyingly told that our maps were wrong. There were no monsters. There was no spark or whatever. And and we were, of course, too polite or too nice. And this, this went on for weeks. Uh, well, not weeks, because we finally did sort of explain to us, John, we've been, we've been doing this for six hours. We haven't met a single monster, because without monsters, you don't get the XP experience points. You can't upgrade or whatever. Right. Uh, there's, there's, you kind of take the life out of the game, right? Oh, yeah. So that that was the most, I mean, for the most part, it was a great deal of fun. But that was uh, uh, that was just a, a completely uh, killer campaign. Uh, we, you know, we did just eventually run through the whole dungeon at a dead sprint to get to the end. And John didn't have any, <laughs> John didn't have any sense of proportion, you know. So he would throw twelve million cobalts at you when you were like fifth level or whatever, which was just you know, they've got to roll twenty three <laughs> times in a row to give you a pinprick, and you know one swap of your sword turns them into atomic particles, right? And so we'd sort of be wading through all these stupid cobalts. And, you know, when you, when you see, you know, 30 more come over the hill, you know, that's just 30 more dice, rose, uh, dice you got to roll that's just going to turn you to sleep. 
And and then, you know, the next thing you would be facing was some juiced up steroid minotaur from hell that would wipe out your whole party. So there was no gradation of difficulty. <laughs> you know, it's just like uh, completely boring to absolutely impossible. <laughs> it was just a pendulum. There was nothing in the middle. And uh, that's sort of when we yeah. began to uh, wind down a little bit because it's hard to get your spark back after that. Well, plus, I mean, especially if you bring like, like a longtime character, well, one that you've been developing for a while into a game like that, where there's completely no, you know, no sense of of proportion at all, and you know, th- three or four hours into the game, you know, he throws a silver dragon at oh, you yeah. or something, and, and you know, and. <laughs> You know, in three die roll, you're dead. You know, now you're sitting there with this character that you've been working on for like six months, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. You know, it's like, fuck. You know, I hate you. I'm never coming over again. Yeah, it's hard not to take it personally. You know, like it, it, when when some someone, I don't mind being killed in a fair fight, right? That happens, right? But when you just get something stupid, you know, like the dungeon master needs to do something sensible. Like if you roll the dice and you get some gold dragon or whatever, it's like. You know, roll them again. You know, you'll you'll survive, right? But it's hard not to. It really, it really, you, you react like somebody just shot your dog. Like it really is really tough to sort of uh, take the stiff upper lip approach at the, in those situations. Well, sure, because you kind of uh, you identify with the characters or something, right? Yeah. What the hell was that? <laughs> what we have? Is someone somebody, hungry, uh, or Greg. do we have the devil on the line? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a motorcycle. I suppose. No, I'm outside. I think there's a motorcycle. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, okay. So have we bored everybody to tears with Dean? Yeah, I'm done with that. I I actually found it really interesting. Yeah, me too. Oh, it's it's a great deal of fun. You know, I mean, I I doubt Isabella will will ever do it, but uh, a man, you know, if if I had the geeky kid like a geeky son like me. Uh, I would totally have fun with that again. That was uh, uh, that was. The... We could make a Barbie Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> you guys Dungeons and Dragons, right? Right. Plus oh, hairspray, <laughs> right? You know, it's Barbie in quest of your genitalia, right? <laughs> well, now I was finding there for Ken and Blaine. Sorry. Man. Map out, map out a module that's based on West Hollywood or something like right. that. Right, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm sure somebody's it. done it already. Right. Somebody made a made a mud. You know, remember those muds? Multi-user dungeons. Back I never played the them, but I do remember them. Yeah, those were fun. People would make the funniest things with those. Uh, with yeah, when it when it went online, I kind of lost interest. That's because you're old. No. <laughs> <laughs> Dun- Dungeons and Dragons was before my time, but uh, <laughs> I was more into like Magic the Gathering. That was my thing. Now, but yeah, wasn't that brother... just a card game? And I'm sorry to be so old, but I just never quite. Wasn't that just like, and is it wasn't it just sort of like a, a card game? Yeah, yeah, it was just it was just a card game. You bought the cards and bought the booster packs and built up your deck. It wasn't nearly as a. Uh, imaginative as Dungeons and Dragons could be, for sure. Yeah, I mean, but but Dungeons and Dragons fundamentally is just a form of gambling. It's Vegas for for geeks, right? Because you just it's all about dice rolls and success and failure. So it's just a kind of gambling, but for people who don't have your right, right. popularity. So. Right. <laughs> Basically, well, I, I found like when I went to play and I remember doing this in junior high and I recently tried it again, the Dungeons and Dragons thing with a meetup. And they were um, 
very creative people. I mean, the dungeon master was really, you know, he had a really good storyline going and, and everybody was, you know, making their vague attempts to act the part. <laughs> and, uh, it was kind of fun. I mean, the, the couple of times that I played. Um, oh, it can be, it can be a very funny thing to do. Like it really yeah. can be, uh, like you can really laugh yourself sick, uh, in Dungeons and Dragons. Right. If it's well done. <laughs> Uh, it really, I mean, right. it can be very well, exciting, it, gotta... but it, it really can be funny as all hell. It, well, and if you've got a good group of friends to play with like that, too, because if you get, if you get the, the D&D guys that are, you know, heavy-duty, cynical, and eye-rolly, and super serious about all the matrices right. and die rolls and everything, and then it's, it's not too funny. Then it's more like torture. Yeah, it's like, well, it's I like think a really James, good metaphor. It's like having James look over your code. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, shit, is he on? Not you, James, another... <laughs> oh, I'm James, sorry. James, my hand puppet of anal retention. Sorry, go on. Sorry, no offense. No, it's kind of like the improv that we do in acting classes. I mean, we're always rolling on the floor laughing by the time you know, somebody's done with their, their what they're supposed to do. You know, we, we make these rules up and then they, they try to follow the rules uh, imp- and improv a story and it just gets really funny. We had uh, we, well, we did that for years in theater school and I just there was so many funny ones. I remember one, um, we had an improv we was supposed to you know go up and ask someone something embarrassing. And uh, a woman went up to another guy in the scene who uh, she basically wanted him to be a sperm donor. Uh, and that was what she was trying to get him to do in, in a park. And, and she actually brought out a styrofoam cup in the scene. It was really funny just to see that improv go. You want me to shoot in a cup here? <laughs> anyway, it was funny. Yeah, I think I'm going to do one of those improv classes next because I really have a good time doing that. I used to do that with my brother and sister, actually. Uh, I, I took a, a drama class in high school, and we did some improv in that. And um, and I have I had two uh, stepsisters as well, so it was like I had four uh, siblings, basically, and and we all did the improv, so it was fun. Oh yeah, no, it can be a it can be a great deal of fun. It's a bit intimidating because you're never sure whether you're going to do it, be able to do it. But uh, yeah, once you get into it, it's a, it's a it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I always wondered how that would turn out in like as like a party game or something like that. Oh, improv? Uh-huh. I don't know. I think there might be one, um, but it's hard to get people to loosen up that way. Right. So what you're saying is that for the barbecue... Yes. <laughs> that's just a great idea. Improv. What? That's a great cool idea. Yeah, I, I like that. That sounds fun. And I was thinking we could also all um, come playing different roles. Like uh, um, Greg could be like a nihilist and, and I could be, uh, you know, the priest. And Nice. Well, I wouldn't exactly be playing a role. Right. <laughs> we, play, we play a game called Party Quirks where people, you get like a... Um, you draw something out of a hat and it tells you what you're supposed to pretend you are. And it's like miming. You, you act it out, but you don't say anything and people try to guess who you are. Oh, so I've seen... Could, that's kind of like improv on a small scale. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that on um, that, that TV show, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yeah. 
That's a great show. For some reason, I just couldn't like as much as I like doing improv. I just couldn't get into watching it on TV. Well, that show too. That you know they they shoot like twenty times the amount of footage that they can actually use. Yeah, like it's you right. couldn't do that live, right? So because I just remember hearing that from someone that you know they they just like they they shoot for like two days to to get one twenty minute show because I mean a lot of that stuff doesn't work, but when it does work, it can be really funny. Oh man, I didn't know that. <laughs> totally ruined it for no, me. No, that's good though, isn't it? Because it means that it's easier for other people to do, right? Right. No, totally. Right, because you watch one of those twenty-minute shows, it's like, holy crap! How they come up with all that so quickly? I'm stupid. Well, it's like, <laughs> right? I'm retarded. <laughs> well, it's kind of like the bit that you've talked about before, Steph, about authors and famous writers and and famous composers and things like that. That usually it's like ten to twenty percent of their output. That's oh yeah, that's, that's the very best, right? Because you know, I'll get uh, I'll get these emails pretty regularly. It's like, you know, uh. I really liked FDR 1322. And for me, it's like, uh, what? okay, <laughs> you know, what about the other 1,400 podcasts? You know, I really liked this one, you know? 637. I, I framed it. <laughs> you have to remember which one was 637. I mean, it's nice to hear, but I, I mean, I knew that, the, I don't know if you guys have, have uh, listened to it, but I knew that the depression one was going to be uh, pretty popular, right? And I got a bunch of uh, people saying, you know, oh, this is uh, this is fantastic, and so on. And it's nice, but of course, what you do remember is that there's a lots of times that they don't say that, right? <laughs> That's sort of as well, right? Right. What I found actually kind of interesting is that you posted that nice donator note on the board, and the first reply is something like, "I agree with every word in this," and it's from a non-donator. So <laughs> Except the donator, I agree. Right? So it is a note, and emotionally, I agree with it. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, that uh, I agree. That that can be a tad annoying, but not quite as annoying as the people who tell me to fix a whole bunch of stuff and do a whole lot of work who've never donated. Oh yeah. Those people yeah. can be a tad trying, but uh, you know, it's a. Uh, you it's know, Steph, your flash banner is really giving me a hard time over it's, here. I opened it five times in my browser, and it's just slowing my computer down. Right. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, hobbies can be really good. <laughs> if I want to get off that Apple IIe and into something, <laughs> I use a good computer. I have to put more coal in the back. I have to pedal faster. It sucks. Right, right. <laughs> so the other day, Steph, you had me laughing so hard in the chat room when you said, so who here is using a Mac? And I said, I am. And you said, and you did the little fake whisper thing, and you said, hippie commie bastards. And you said, oh, wait, I mean, uh, <laughs> right. way to think outside of the box. And by box, I mean remotely useful computer. <laughs> <laughs> Although I got to tell you, you know, and this, I need an intervention, and I'm going to tell you this right ahead. I need an intervention so when you all come up for the barbecue, and I don't care how pitifully I cry and beg and bleat and possibly even hump your leg. You have to get this iPod away from me. You must <laughs> Isn't it awesome? Get this goddamn time sink away from me, or at least disable the App Store. So, oh. please, dear God, I think I've spent more on applications that I have on the goddamn iPod. Ooh, this oh looks really cool. It combs my eyebrows. You know, like, whatever. It's stupid. Ooh, this is cool. That's cool. The iPhone is just... by playing FDR podcasts. 
<laughs> Did you get the uh, the um, compass application that someone pointed out from the uh, everyday anarchy? Yeah, and the uh, what is that orca thing? What's that? Um, where you the can ocarina. actually blow into the microphone and play a flute. Yeah, on yeah, the yeah. Ocarina. ocarina. Yeah, and there there is an application that plays a high pitched whine that uh, repels mosquitoes. <laughs> wow. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Oh, by high pitched find that you mean FDR podcast. So yeah, no, it's a, it really does. Uh, this thing is it's a complete time sink, right? I have not spoken to my family in two weeks. It's ridiculous. Uh, it was on the track to being a pretty good family man, but this has just toasted it completely. Yeah, I've really been I've really and I said this in the chat room, I've really been leaning in the next few months towards getting that along with Skype and uh, a microphone. Yeah. And just running that as kind of a cell phone. Oh, totally. In fact, oh, totally. you can run you can run Skype even off the iPod Touch. You don't need the iPhone. You just have to jailbreak it and do other kinds of weird, creepy crap that I don't know much about. But you've seen videos of it working. Right. Because right. I have the Skype Pro thing, right? So I, and the phone number. Right? So. Yeah. No, it's uh, it really is an amazing, amazing thing. The the brilliant thing about the apps too is that you don't realize you've spent more than. Than you have on the iPhone until a month later when you look at your credit card bill and you see sixteen hundred two dollar charges. <laughs> right, 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 right. No, it's amazing. It's you've, you've got the GPS thing in your car, so you don't really need the the feature that's on your that's on the iPhone. But man, it's 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 really convenient to like to be able to type in a, a search into a Google. And the Google Maps and have it point to like ten different places that that match that name in in your wherever you are. Oh, it's it's a fantastic uh, little device. It's a, uh, I mean, I can see it's cool because I I mean using the Google Maps application, uh, given how much I've spent on it, I can actually see live the the credit vans rolling towards my house, like the the, 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 the <laughs> uh, and I can see the glint of the weaponry. Uh, that they're packing, and it's really, really cool. Knows, I know exactly when to go into the basement. Uh, it's, uh, it's fascinating. Uh, it really is amazing. And it will, and and it'll tell you what the temperature is in the basement too. Right, right, right. No, it's, uh, the shrinkage factor. There is an app which says it, it correlates shrinkage factor to external temperature and even includes wind chill. Uh, it's really cool. Calibrate it uh, is certainly very cold, though. I'm sorry. How much do uh, most apps run? Uh, it's a couple of bucks. Like nine That's the problem, right? You know, fucking Steve, Jobs, oh. fucking Steve Jobs, you know what he did? He watched. I know where he got his business model. He watched season one of The Wire, and that's how he got his business model, you know? Like, give him a taste, get him going, and then just reel him in, you know? Because this thing's crap. It's just complete crap. I've never had anything like it. It's just astounding. So and right, you can see you can see the escalation too because they start out their ninety nine cents right, <laughs> and then all of a sudden they're a buck ninety nine. Now you can see they're starting to get to around three ninety nine, four ninety nine, five ninety nine. And this is how stupid it is. So this is how stupid I am, right? No, seriously, this is like I have no self control. This this okay, just because it's cool and you can do it, I bought an application that lets me type. On my computer, keep like on my computer and control the mouse using the touch screen on the iPod, right? <coughs> so, so this is what I was doing this afternoon. This is ridiculous, right? My baby's crying, right? And what I'm doing is I'm I'm farting around on this goddamn touch screen trying to move the the mouse 
on my computer. And you know, I had to sit down to do it because I needed a hand free, I needed to prop it up somewhere. And you know what I took off the chair so I could sit down and control my computer with my iPhone? Any guesses? What did I have to move off the chair to control my computer with my iPod Touch? The computer? No. I had to move oh, off the, the crying baby. No, it's even worse than that, if you can believe it. I had to move <laughs> off the chair so that I could control my computer with my iPod Touch. I had to move a wireless mouse and a wireless keyboard off the chair <laughs> so that I could control my computer with something. <laughs> I mean, how fucking retarded is that? That's what I'm. <laughs> It's like, a, it's like the kind of stuff you see on a sitcom. It's ridiculous. And, I, I, you know, fortunately, I still have that part of me that looks down from somewhere around the light fixture and says, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you, you have a wireless mouse that you just moved so you could diggle around on a screen to move something. And I, I, I oh, it's so stupid. I, I, and for those who were in the chat room earlier today, I was typing on this, you know, because it's not a very convenient key- keyboard, particularly those stupid apps that don't go landscape. That keyboard is really small, right? And it's just on the screen. So I'm hunting and pecking away on, uh, uh, on this little iPod Touch so that it comes up on the computer screen. And yeah, oh, technically it's pretty cool, right? So then I, oh, my baby's crying. So I get up and I step on the wireless keyboard that I put down by the couch and hurt my foot. And I'm like, if that's not a lesson in your perspective and productivity intact, I don't know what is. But yeah, it's completely insane how, how you can just get absorbed into this, right? And I'm assuming they make it pretty easy to just get on and get a, get a few apps and then go to town, right? Oh, yeah, you just click like, on it. You, uh, you enter your, uh, you know, I'm a sucker password and... and uh... <laughs> Oh, madness. Yeah, it's oh, uh, it's really man, cool. I... Like, if I wake up in the middle of the night, I, it's right there with me. You know, I'm sleeping alone away from my family because, you know, we're still sleep training Isabella, right? But I, but I have my iPod Touch with me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> now, in its little negligee, you know, lying there uh, looking <laughs> oh, so sultry. <laughs> This is teaching me a lot. Yeah, listen, I'm, I'm just I'm telling ever. you, you know, I'm, I'm you know who I am. I'm that unshaven, haggard, smells of urine and and vomit junkie saying, you know, don't take that first hit. That's all I'm all I'm doing is the trembling guy stumbling all over his keyboard so that he can control his mouth, his computer remotely. Uh, I'm just telling you what you're in for. I mean, it's 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 a fun ride, but I just be careful. That's really all I'm saying. <laughs> Because yeah. my last, I mean, I was amazed at the, the Zen Vision M, which I had for a couple of years. So that, that did, you know, videos and and uh, had a little radio and all that kind of stuff in it. And I used to, I used the videos on it, but the screen was pretty small, whereas this thing's got a beautiful screen. But it is a real pain having to convert everything because its format support is, is pretty sad, right? Like it does, what, AAC, whatever the hell that is. Um, MP3 oh, and good. MP4s, I think it doesn't do... It doesn't do Flash. Uh, it doesn't do um, WMV or, or DivX or XVID or anything like that. So. But I think someone's working uh, on an application to, to give it at least some of those format capacities. So i got to do a lot of c- translation of uh, videos. But that's not a big deal. 
I found that to be really annoying. Uh, so annoying that I just I didn't want to use it as a uh, as a as a video. Oh, you mean to yeah, having to convert everything? Yeah, because the whole point of having that is that I could jack it into the uh, the charger socket, hands off, mine's off. I don't have to worry about a thing. Just let my iTunes control it, right? But the minute you have to start, go okay, I got to open up this other app, and I got to do this conversion. I got to import them into my iTunes, and then I can plug the phone in and do the sync, and then you know all all of that is it's like well, huh. you just kind of ruin the. Yeah, I mean the the Zen Vision is fantastic. I mean it accepts every single conceivable format. I mean there's nothing that it that can't play. So that is just a drag and drop thing. But you know, so what? I mean, uh, I did do my shopping around, and this was the best and easiest application. And uh, it really is just it's an astounding piece of technology. And I think that Apple is just a, an amazing job. I actually like to do a review of it and sort of give people a taste of the apps that I found to be kind of useful. Uh, and, and so great stuff like uh, I Chess. You know, it's a really good chess program. It's free. I mean, it's uh, it's just amazing what you can uh, what you can get on it. It's, I found that the free ones is where it got me because I started looking at the free ones. Yeah, that's and the then, crack, uh, right? Have some free crack. Yeah, next thing you know, you start browsing through, and then you're like, oh, these are really cool, but you know, I wonder what I could pay for. I wonder how good that would be. And you started kind of eyeing the the money store, and you, like you said earlier, you start with the small ones, and then you start looking at like the fifty dollar apps that integrate with your computer, and you're like. No, I have to get away from all of this. Oh, oh man. And and this is the ridiculous thing too, right? Because then you say, oh, well, I'm spending too much money. Literally this afternoon, I spent about 10 minutes. No, it's about, about 20 minutes researching whether a 99 cent app was any good. <laughs> you know, that is like Singaporean stitching Nike's wages when you put it together on an hourly basis. You know, it's 99 cents. You lose that more behind your couch every month, right? But I'm sitting there going, oh, is this good? Did it get good reviews? Did it get bad reviews? Maybe I should check it out online. It's 99 cents after all. It's like, oh my God. Oh, dear Lord in heaven. It's, uh, it's not healthy. I do the same thing. You know, it's 99 cents. That's 99 cents. You know, it's like, dude. <laughs> Oh no, that's, that's US. Like, Sorry, go on. <laughs> and yet I'll be at my dollar seventy or dollar ninety-nine uh, TV shows. Oh shit. Uh, just episodes. I'll go buy a four dollar <laughs> latte without even thinking about it. You know, I don't sit there and go, ooh, twenty minutes research, find out if this is a good latte or not. And it's five times yeah. the price. It's, oh man, with tax. That's what I was gonna say. I'd be like spending a day researching whether the hot dog vendor outside your work is worth buying from or not. Yeah, if he was selling them for ninety-nine cents, right? Right. <laughs> Although that actually, you know, because of the food poisoning, I could see that. But yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's the the coolest thing. And, and but and there's another thing that's kind of cool about it too, which is that uh, because it's got 128 megs of RAM and it's limited processing speed. It, although the graphics are pretty good, what it's what it is is an incredible time machine back to early video gaming, right? So I I bought this little game called um, I Shoot. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and and it, what it is is a game that I used to play on my old one megahertz eight bit Atari eight hundred. And and it's a little game where you've got these tanks and you shoot over these hills and you have to calculate the the, um, the strength oh, yeah. and the, uh, the, the angle basket. right. And you've got wind and you've got all these different weapons and so on right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I used to play that because it was one of the few two player games you could get. 
other than Ball Blaster and, and a couple of others. But it was one of the very few two-player games that you could get for the old video game systems. And, uh, and it's a fun game. It's, you know, it's, it's neat. And it's back, right? And nobody would ever program this for a PC, right? Because it would just be overkill or, or Xbox or anything like that. But for this, it's a lot of fun, right? So uh, if I've got a little bit of time to kill uh, for whatever reason, I'll just, you know, jack it in or, uh, and, and I'll play a game or two, right? And, and there's another one uh, called Galaxy on Fire, which is, uh, it's like, it's very much like a really old Wing Commander game. And I used to really enjoy space shooters, but for some reason, nobody seems to make them anymore. I don't know why that is, but you just can't find any good ones. And you fly the spaceship by, you know, tilting. And it takes me a while to get used to that. I'm used to a joystick, right? And nobody would ever program this dinky game for a PC. But because of this thing, there's all these video games that, I don't know, I used to play or whatever that are kind of fun to play again that that are available just right. on this platform and they're cheap and whatever, right? So that's kind of yeah, it's, it's kind of a nostalgia trip in a way. Classic graphics and everything, yeah, it's kind of fun. Yeah, and because they, you know, it's like it's like when you don't have really great special effects, you have to have a good script, right? And uh, if you don't have, you know, six tons of flashy graphics pumping it straight into your retina every three seconds, uh, you actually have to come up with really good gameplay. And they've really, I think, done some work in in that in this. So it's kind of more engaging mentally rather than just being sort of a, a eye candy. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I watched. Uh, God, what did I watch? Um, the day the Earth stood still. The old one or the new uh, one? The new one. Yeah. 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 Too... You know, I, I tell you, Keanu Reeves, he either, like, he licks your ear or he just pokes you in the eye with a sharp stick. There's nothing in between with that guy's <laughs> movies. There's nothing that's okay. It's either like, man, this is the, the greatest thing ever, or holy shit, Johnny Mnemonic just took a dump all over my brainstem. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, was that good? Johnny oh Demonic. no, it was wretchedly, badly, awfully <laughs> terrible. Like, oh my god, I could not watch a film like that without an iPod Touch in my hot little hands ever again. That's one of the reasons why I avoided the Matrix originally. Yeah, me too. I didn't. I never watched the Matrix in the theater, so I only watched it eventually when it came out on video, uh, and, so and then thought... semi-reluctantly because I just thought, oh man, you know, this guy with his little beady eyes come hither a stare has just, you know, he's spanked me way too often in a way I don't like. So. <laughs> Right, right. He's been there, done that with Johnny Mnemonic. I'm not making that mistake again. Right, right. No, absolutely. Or um, wow. the Cedar House or whatever one, that one he did where he, with Sandra Bullock. Oh, the mailbox? The mailbox, what, whatever the hell it is. Yeah, we're writing to each other through time, and time stretches interminably, not just oh, in the film, but in the theater. And, oh, man. So it's like every, you know, every other film. It's like, it's like every other film you want to watch with this guy, but because, you know, man, when he's good, he's great, you know? And when he's bad, he's just, oh, man, it's just like having your tendons pulled out. I know, Kung Fu. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Clatu Barada Nicktoo, dude. Although I must say that the the Bill and Ted stuff was damn fine comedy. Strange oh, yeah. things are afoot at the Circle K. <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> dude, yeah. we, we, when they go to hell, it's like, man, this is nothing like our album covers. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, that the was a was- thing. That <laughs> the days of our lives thing with Socrates, that 
was kind of oh yeah like Freudian and annoying. <laughs> right although and it's interesting because they actually had a pretty good freudian analysis of uh of uh that guy's mom dude that's your mom like pretty good freudian analysis of that at the end of the film which i thought was actually a surprising burst of intelligence probably came through george carlin somehow right yeah i forgot george carlin was in that oh. Yep, no more George. No more George. Yeah, it's nothing like watching a, the slow burn down to nihilism that hippies get when their you know, desires remain unfulfilled, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just get back. If you listen to his stand-up routines like the last few years, they were just uh, horrifying. He was a lemon head for sure. And I saw this, you know, I saw this on um, uh, 60 Minutes. Lemon head? Uh, yeah, just, just uh, you know, bitter, right? Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, 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 60 Minutes. No, sorry. Real Time with Bill Maher. Do you, do you guys ever watch that? Oh. Eh. Not me, no. no. Nope. It's not bad. Uh, it's not bad. Uh, his opening monologues can be pretty good, and some of his discussions are, are interesting. And he had um, he had Oliver Stone on, uh, which was... A, I've been meaning to sort of try and pull this and, and, and get a copy of it somewhere up in the Diamond section, but... It's really, really interesting uh, because, I mean, Oliver Stone, you know, was in Vietnam and made Platoon and made all of these anti-war films and anti-war statements. He, you know, did all that nonsense about JFK, you know, which, however deranged it may have been, was obviously passionate about, you know, the truth as he saw it and so on. And um, then he just did this film W, um, which was about George Bush or whatever. And when he was on talking to Bill Maher, he was... uh, you could really see this as something quite fascinating because he said, you know, it's been, I don't know, what is it, 20, 25 years since I made Platoon, and here we are, you know, back at war again. And and this is an interesting thing. I've been reading some of this sort of stuff in the psychohistory forums uh, just about how people are like, well, how could we be back here again? And it really is fascinating to see just how tough it is for people who are idealists or who have, you know, really worked hard to try and expose this kind of stuff or to, to reduce violence or war or whatever. But they just get more and more frustrated as time goes along. And I think it's because they're not doing what we're doing, right? Which is to say, well, you know, fuck all that. Look at the family, right? Look at the core. Look at the principles right at the root of things. But it really was, that was a really chilling moment for me when he, because you could just see it in his eyes. Like you're looking back at his life and saying, well, I made all this anti-war stuff and what effect did it actually he had born on the 4th of July. It was an Oliver Stone film, if I remember rightly. And so it's made all of this anti-war stuff. And, you know, we're back at war again, and nobody seems to give a shit, right? And that's really for somebody I, who's been... It's kind of uh, like, what the, what the fuck was all that yeah, for? Yeah, what did I do right? all that for? Nothing's changed. I have kind of a theory about that, too. Yeah. Well, especially with Born on the 4th of July, but also with Platoon in a certain way, um, these movies... Um, the leftists, um, they put them out consciously as um, anti-war, but really they're just propaganda films, right? Because they're big fallen hero stories, right? So the right wing can use, you know, the the emotional uh, sort of injection from those movies to say, ah, next time we're really going to get them, right? Right. right. And, and they're also so, uh, I mean, they're so graphic and so violent these days, right? I mean, if you've ever watched something like The Longest Day about the D-Day invasion, I mean, 
nobody's arm gets blown off in those films, right? People just, you know, bang, uh, you know, that kind of stuff, right? It's right. all, mm, right. you know, like guys falling off horses in cowboys and Indians films, right? There's no splatters, there's no, but the, I mean, now it's just like the surgery channel when you go and see a war film, right? Particularly something like Saving Private Ryan. And I think that it shocks and overwhelms people of moral sensitivity, and it strangely excites people who are sadistic. So I think it's actually kind of achieving the opposite of what they want. And I don't think that's entirely unconscious, if that makes any sense. Hmm. Not entirely unconscious. Could you go into that a bit more? Well, if you want to make an anti-war film, then you have to look at how people end up going to war, right? I mean, to, we take a uh-huh. dip into a slightly more serious topic here, but um, if you look at uh, Fahrenheit 9-11, uh, George, um, I'm sorry, the Michael Moore film, yeah. uh, the kid didn't want to go to war, right? The, the guy who ended up dying and all this mom and the letter and the crying and so on, right? She's out there thundering away at fucking George Bush in the White House like that had anything primary to do with her son's death, right? Right. But so he signs up, she encourages him. There's been, oh, we've had, you know, we've had soldiers in this family for generations. And, you know, when he's, uh, he's finally is going to ship, be shipped off to Iraq. And, and he says, you know, I'm terrified and I, I don't want to go. And she says, no, 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 you have to go. It's, the, it's your duty. It's your honor. It's your country. She just basically sludges his entire brain with 12 tons of toxic propaganda, right? Right. Yep. And... So he ended up in Iraq because of a whole family catapult that goes back for generations, right? So for her to get mad at George Bush, it's understandable, right? Because he doesn't want to look down that hole, but uh, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's silly, right? So, so if you think that war is prevented by showing people that war is gory or scary or exhilarating or whatever... Um, well, first of all, the fight or flight that's generated in a war movie is all about exhilaration because you can't get shot in a theater, right? right so right. you don't feel the livid terror of war in a theater, right? You feel the thrill, the excitement, the adrenaline, the, the startle factor, the, you know. So it's not like that's all a whole lot of fun, but it's not quite the same as, you know, hope, hoping you don't get your arm blown off, right? Right. It's a different kind of roller coaster. Yeah, you, exactly. You can't reproduce war without putting somebody in mortal danger. You can't understand war at all unless you're seeing people you know, have known for years, getting blown up. And if you're terrified of, you know, literally dying or or being horribly maimed and mutilated within the next 30 seconds, right? I mean, there's no way to reproduce that in a theater. It's the difference between seeing a guy run across the screen screaming and yelling and firing off... Uh, an M16. It'd be another if somebody busted into the fire door and ran across the uh, the theater screaming and yelling and firing off an M16. Right. That would be, uh, I mean, if you, yeah, we all understand the huge emotional change that would occur in the audience, right? So, so you, 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 you kind of give people the upside of war, right? Of which there is, because, I mean, otherwise people would never do it, right? The, the sort of thrill, the excitement. For people who are decadent, who don't have any emotional sensitivity left, all they can do is keep pushing their neurosystems, right? Neurological systems just keep pushing the big red buttons of fear and fight and flight and terror and rage. I mean, that's all they can do because they don't have any uh, anything left. There's no more subtle feelings left in them. They're burned out, they're traumatized, they've got no 
higher brain function when it comes to emotional processing, right? They can't do ambivalence. They can't do richness or depth or sympathy or abuse resignation or whatever you want to call it, right? They just can't do that. They've got, you know, they're either dissociated and depressed or hysterical and, and full of rage and terror, right? That's, that's all they've got. And those people, like if you look at, um, I don't see a lot of anti-war people in war films. I do see a lot of young guys who are kind of macho at war films, right? And, and I think mm-hmm. that, that it's not anti-war to show the gore and the glory, so to speak, the camaraderie, the bravery, the fear, the terror, the hatred of the enemy. The, I mean, to show that on a screen is not anti-war, in my, in my opinion. No. All right, and, so and I would say also that the, that the left has a lot of kind of, um, kind of hidden, um, this, this hidden anger um, that, that comes out through political action and that sort of thing. And if you um, if you make this kind of movie and cloak it in this kind of anti-war, um, you know, moral indignation, then then it's kind of a form of hidden violence on your part. No, I think that's entirely right. And of course, leftists tend to be more into hidden violence. In other words, they like aggressing against the unarmed, not the armed. Right. Right. Because the right are raging against their like are the children raging against their parents and the left are the parents raging against the children, right? I mean, it's, anyway, we don't have to get into all of that, but that's, uh, that's a... Um, that's an interesting idea. Right, because the right wants to fight against people who are armed and the left wants to fight against people who are unarmed, which is a parent-child paradigm, right? Interesting. Right. Wow, I hadn't, I'd never thought of it that way, but yeah. Wow. Right, so in other words, I mean, the, the, the left is, I mean, the left is the mom, right? And, uses passive aggression, emotional manipulation, guilt, and all that kind of stuff, right? That's, that's just a welfare state. Yeah, I've always thought about that, yeah. right? The, mm-hmm. the, like the Old Jesus. and New Testament. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know, less about fire and brimstone and more about guilt. And it's still violence, but it's just more verbal and emotional, which is where the left comes in. But, uh, but so, I mean, since aggression against children is, is first and foremost, at least in its very early stages, tends to be about uh, from, from mothers to children, later becomes more about fathers to children, the... Uh, yeah, I've, I've always thought that, uh, I mean, the, the right is very much around hatred towards dad. But dad is a big, powerful guy, which is why you need a military and you need a missile defense shield and you need all of this big tanks and shit like that and aircraft carriers. Because dad is a big, powerful guy. So if you take on dad, you've got to be well armed. A whole bunch of phalluses. I'm sorry? A whole bunch of phalluses. Yeah, yeah, phalluses. yeah. And, uh, and uh, whereas mom is more sort of slippery and, and uh, uh, subtle and, and manipulative and so on. So for that, you kind of need rhetoric and Obama and pretending hope and then a welfare state. And it's all that kind of murky, hit under the table violence. I'm sorry? Well, some moms anyways. I always, I always think of that uh, whenever, whenever I see those bumper stickers that says coexist. I always think of like, okay, you guys get along now. Like a, a motherly kind of. Thing. Yes, yes, yes. No, I think that's I think that's quite right, and that's the right the Mother Earth movement and, and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't like my bumper sticker. <laughs> What's your bumper sticker? <laughs> it says it uses that same coexist thing. It, Rich came up with this. Uh, um, it says um, we cannot coexist until we accept that gods do not exist. <laughs> nice, nice. It uses all the little symbols for, for uh, that they use, and not not every mother was subtle and passive aggressive. 
<laughs> no, no, that's very true. Mine certainly wasn't, right? Which is because I had an absent father and a violent mother. It's probably one of the ways in which I escaped the general cliches and was able to eventually start to think for myself a little. But uh, most people don't have that, you know, good fortune later in life, not so good fortune earlier in life and all that. But so it's right. just it was really interesting to see this guy who's dedicated, you know, huge amounts of money and time and energy and years of efforts and expended his greatest creative powers, which are considerable in pursuit of uh, mm. this anti-war agenda that uh, that he feels is completely failed. And, and, of course, you know, when you've invested that much, it's really hard to turn around and say, what have I missed? What you then say is human nature is irredeemably bad. Uh, uh, you know, there's no way we can, we can succeed. There will always be war. I give up, right? Hopelessness is less painful than failure. Yeah, or, you know, re-evaluation and rewriting and, and recognizing that if you've gotten things wrong in an anti-war movement and actually been kind of pro-war, uh, then, hmm. you know, you've obviously, the, you know, uh, it would lead him back to his family as to why he would have missed that, right? It's the right. Milton Friedman uh, question again. And how, what's that? Or um, the podcast did on Milton Friedman uh, so many, I don't know, it was ago. Uh, months ago now. Um, what was it now? Am Milton I think- Goddamn Freedom? Mil- Mil- Milton Goddamn Freeman, right? <laughs> right. Um, Sounds as subtle as many of my things, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I wasn't saying for the subtlety, but for the, uh, but for the, 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 the clusterfuck, you know, right. the, the, uh, the not even wrong, the, the failure of, the, the ab- absolutely an abject failure of your principles. Um, your state of principles, you know, by the end of your life, instead of saying. Somebody want to add Jason in? Uh, Jason who? Hoffman. Hmm. La, la, la. <laughs> <laughs> I have a hard time with that name. Can, Can you see your is, Isabella Greg? maybe like in the future telling her teachers a uh, booyah? <laughs> Jason, are you in? <laughs> Jason, are you in? Yes, I am. Welcome, am motherfucker. Here. Sorry. <laughs> I'm working on a new approach wow, to, uh, to this. Wow. I'm, stop, I'm not pandering to you fuckers anymore. That's what I'm saying. Right? <laughs> Dude, please give me some money. Booyah, mother. Anyway. So, um, Donate, motherfucker. <laughs> I, I know where you fuckers live, right? Particularly people who did it already. Um, I didn't realize this was a drinking chat. <laughs> No, but it actually would be more defensible if it were, I think. <laughs> I had popcorn. Well, you're just be- you're going to become the booyah guy. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. it. What? That's your viral that's your viral link up right there. Right. <laughs> oh, you remember the booyah guy? <laughs> booyah remember, the, shot. remember the O's or whatever they call this decade? <laughs> remember the O's, the booyah guy. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Well, does anyone else have any grand topics? Jason, you come in fully pumped. Uh, fully pumped? No. No. Uh, <laughs> no, okay. Fully pumped, yes. Speak! <laughs> Speak! Sorry. I'm all talk. I talk for a living, so... What do you do? I work at an alarm monitoring company for, like, home alarm systems and stuff. Oh, so the guy I'm the guy who talks over the panel when you when you set off the alarm somewhere. Are you okay, Mr. Jones? <laughs> Stick him up. Are you really, Mr. Jones? <laughs> What's your password? 
The calls are coming from inside That's... the house. Inside that. <laughs> right, exactly. That is a last day thing that I'll just have to do. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> no, no, no. It's your conscience. <laughs> right, start doing the, the, the echo effects with my hand in front of my mouth. Right. You're dreaming. This is not your alarm system. Right, spread them. <laughs> Basically. Mr. Jones, this is God. <laughs> if the walls could talk, they do, they do, they do. <laughs> the walls could certainly listen. Right, right. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to toodle off to uh, get my uh, six and a half hours of primo parent sleep. Sweet. So obviously this will go out to the mainstream with everybody's names attached and home addresses. Um, <laughs> right. Perfect. Oh yeah, motherfucker. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and, and can I tell you that was exactly done in the style of John the Dungeon Master? Booyah. <laughs> Come across an ice cavern. It's empty. <laughs> Kill me. <laughs> apparently, and one of us said, apparently, if we all lie down to die, it's just like going to sleep because it's so cold. So that's what we'll do. <laughs> wow. All right. Now that's an exciting dungeon. Oh, God almighty. I still have nightmares. I can't, I can't go into my freezer. I have to ask Christina. Was it? Wasn't there a Twilight Zone like that? Guy wakes up and there's nobody left on the planet. Oh, with the guy with the glasses that break? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He can't even read his books anymore. You, uh, you guys want me to leave this running? Are you guys going to stay up? or? Oh, I'm not staying up. It's going to work. All right. Yeah, and I, I have to start showing up on time because I'm tired of getting screamed at. <laughs> right. All right. Well, uh, um, don't worry. You'll have a chance to get screamed at again after I do my next video, but... Uh... <laughs> Thanks, guys. It's a great okay. chat. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Later. Later, guys.